0: Here's your host, A, Gregory Luna.
1: Hello, everybody. This is A Gregory Luna, of course. You can call me Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health News and Naturopathy Earth Radio. I hope you're doing well today. Before we talk about how much freaking screen time we devote to our day, the website is Naturopathic Earth, or N-P-E. I recommend you go check out the articles. We have a lot. We keep publishing them, an article a day because we like to crank out content. And I like to crank out content. And it's a nice outlet. And it's fun and informative. So check it out. We have some recent recipes on food. A lot of fruit flavors. A lot of blueberry, raspberry stuff. A lot of desserts. Yeah, we do have one on spanakopita. We have one on baklava. We have a lot, some ethnic food. I got the homemade guacamole. Uh, but if you go to the, the website, art.com, you'll see there's a slider on the top, and it goes pretty fast, and you can see all the most recent uh, episodes and articles that we've written, Heather and I, and if you scroll down, you can see other ones as well, so check them out. Also, we do have a Patreon account. Please pay at the Patreon account. It helps us defray the cost of this endeavor. Donate one time or monthly, a dollar, $5 a month, I don't care. Just give us the money. We need it. Follow the links on the episode notes. Also, you can buy my memoir, Confessions of an Obese Child, for $2.99 on Amazon Kindle or Barnes & Noble Nook. If you want to find out why I gained weight, how I became a fat kid, what were the familial dynamics and coping mechanisms by which I later had to endure and purge, and how I actually lost the weight. By the book. I'm coming up on my 28th anniversary of weight loss, coming up on May 4th, if you're listening to this live. Also, I'm a holistic wellness coach, paleo-inspired. If you need some help losing weight or keeping it off, contact me. Spring break is here. Why do we have spring break anymore? I mean, it makes no sense. Why don't we just skip spring break? Because the weather's miserable in most of the country even here in South Texas, and let's just get out of school earlier. I mean, are we in 1892? Why do we have this thing? Don't we ever just step back and think, why do we still have these antiquated things like daylight savings? That's another one. But why do we have spring break? Let's just get through the spring semester and get out of school earlier. Speaking of spring break, I asked my students prior to spring break what they were going to do during the week. And almost all of them said, oh, just sit around and binge watch Netflix. I'm like, oh my God, can't you guys do something constructive with your time? Come on, you can't just sit around and watch TV all day. But apparently, according to a new study, that's all we do all day, all day. So I'm going to be gleaning off Nielsen, and I don't think anybody knows Television habits and screen habits more than Nielsen. They're the ones in charge of ratings, even though, I mean, the Nielsen ratings nowadays don't mean anything because everybody's watching, streaming, live television's pretty much gone aside from sporting events and, you know, maybe the Grammys and, you know, old people watch primetime television. But aside from that, most people are streaming, which we'll talk about in a second. But the ratings, the Nielsen ratings, especially when I was a kid, man, it was humongous. Oh, the season finale, series finale of *Mash*. You know, one one in three Americans watch that. Or the Super Bowl garnered you know forty five million people. You know, they would keep track of Nielsen ratings nowadays. They don't. And Netflix and Amazon, they're very tight lipped about their ratings. They don't like to tell uh, the industry how many people are watching their shows. Uh, recently, with uh, *Bird Box*, the Sandra Bullock post-apocalyptic movie they did reveal that 45 million people watched that or what 45 million downloads of it had occurred within the first week but as a whole they're pretty tight-lipped but still i think this article gives a glimpse into how addicted we are of screens. it's freaking mind-boggling so time flies u.s adults now spend nearly half a day interacting with media The world has never been more connected and U.S. audiences have never had as many options to access content as they do these days. In short, consumers in the U.S. seem like they can't get enough content. Well, if you keep shoving in our freaking face with smartphones, then yeah. like When I was a kid, you could only watch television when you got home, maybe after you did your homework. Now, literally, students are watching Netflix at school. That's pretty much all they do. They'll have like one earbud in and one earbud so they can listen to you. And they can, I literally, you could watch, these students can watch seven hours of television at school. Now you're saying, well, Gregory, what about uh, cell phone policy, cell phone? Okay, look, let's be clear here. There's the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. The letter of the law is we can confiscate phones at any time. The spirit of the law is very few teachers do it. Why? Well, one, I mean, well, first of all, we redirect, right? We'll say, okay, put the phones away put the phones away but it's like whack-a-mole you one puts it away they bring it another one pulls it out and then after two minutes of of having the other one taken away then they pull it back out because the kids are addicted they, they are addicted and so yes you can confiscate them but the problem with the confiscation is that if the kid accuses you of damaging their phone scratching their phone after you've confiscated and had him in, in their keep in your keep then you're in trouble many times it's your word versus their word and many times admin won't back you up and so you don't want to be put in that 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 bind some teachers will have the kids put them in little calculator bins at the front of the of the class uh, but as a whole it is the biggest blight on public school education is the, is the screen addiction and so it's amazing how they can cut through but anyways when i was a kid you Save for video games. You couldn't play video games at school because we didn't have technology like that to do it. Uh, So you had to wait until you got home. So our screen time was much less than what it was now because of smartphones. And every parent freaking giving their kids a smartphone when they're like 10 years old. Oh, just a case for emergencies. Like How many emergencies are going to happen to your 10-year-old? Really? And, I, and the kids will ask, well, what did you do when you were a kid, you know, when there were emergencies? I said, well, you know what? They would just call us over the intercom and tell us to go use the phone. Okay, but not anymore, you know, because emergencies happen so much more now, even though statistically there's less violent crime now than there has ever been. But either way, all right, let's keep going with this. This Nelson, of course, is loving this. They're like, yeah, keep watching all these screens. We make money off the advertising. The amount of people using traditional platforms held relatively steady when looking deeper into the data. Live TV and time-shifted TV, which I'm assuming is like DVR and streaming, and radio have remained consistent over the measured quarters, a testament to the relative stability to these cornerstone media platforms. Radio alone reaches 92% of adults on a weekly basis. So they count radio as part of media interaction. To me, radio is just so passive. I really really wouldn't count that, but oh, all right, whatever. Overall, live and time-shifted television, even when accounting for seasonal fluctuations in viewership, still accounts for a majority of adults' media usage, with four hours and 46 minutes being spent with the daily platform in the first quarter of 2018, which is the most recent data. So on average, television, either streaming or live, is five hours of our day. Five hours of our day. No, it gets worse. If you break it down by ethnicity, the African-Americans spend six hours and we're going to talk about overall screen looking but in general five hours a day is the average let's keep going but newer platforms that have emerged as a result of internet accessibility and growing connected connectiveness of consumers are ultimately behind the growth of media usage for instance tv connected devices such as video game consoles and internet connected devices like google chromecast roku apple fire tv so forth allow audiences to use their internet connections and access a treasure trove of content to interact with at will. From fourth quarter 2017 to first quarter 2018, daily time spent on these devices by adults increased by five minutes to 40 minutes. That's amazing. From fourth quarter 2017 to first quarter 2018, it's gone up 40 minutes And what? That's four months maybe? What does that tell you the growth's going to be in a year or two? Specifically, 14 of those minutes are dedicated to game consoles, while 26 belong to internet-connected devices. Digital usage also continues to play a growing role with the adult U.S. consumer. Digital platforms, think computers, smartphones, and tablets, have become a major catalyst for this frequent content exposure. Yeah, exactly. Talk to any teacher. In first quarter 2018, consumers spent 3 hours and 48 minutes a day on digital mediums. All right, we're going to add these these numbers up later. This is a 13-minute increase from the prior quarter, and 62% of that time is attributed to ab-slash-web usage on the ubiquitous smartphones. Historically, demographics have been a major factor in determining media usage. Older generations tend to lean on the more traditional mediums, while younger generations on are early adopters of nascent technology. Going back to old people, like, I, my mom just got a tablet. Actually, I went to visit her, and I got her the tablet. Because she wants to use the, like Spotify or Google Play Music or something where she can access all the music. Because she doesn't want to buy CDs anymore. And I try to explain to her like every song, pretty much every song by every artist in the history of music is on these platforms. But you know, she typically just watches Spanish television and then the radio. So I try to get her, so I try to get her to use a tablet. And it's funny, like my seven-year-old's trying to show her how to. Do it. It's like you press, hit, hit, hit the icon, the Google Play Music icon, hit it, and she can't hit it. Like when she hits it, it doesn't come up because she doesn't tap it. She doesn't tap it. And then even when when she gets it up, or I tap it for then I tell her, okay, hit, hit the magnify, magnifying glass and type in the person. She's like, I can't remember this. I can't remember. You know, she's only 79. It's not like she's super old. But but it's just like older people, some older people than that are very, very kind of adroit at smart technology. But my mom, alas, is not. She is not at all. And as technology gained adoption and became universal, it would trickle up through the demos but not with my mom although older generations generally spend the most time with media which adults 35 to 49 spend over 11 hours a day while adults 50 to 64 do so do do so nearly at a 13 hour clip younger generations are at the forefront of tv connective device and digital usage Radio is uniquely immune to having age as a factor. It consistently accounts for about fourteen percent of daily media usage. And really, I'm surprised because nobody I know listens to the radio anymore. I mean, we hear in the car it's either music, streaming music, podcasts, or satellite radio. All right, young adults eighteen to thirty-four spend forty-three percent of their time consuming media on digital platforms. Almost a third of their time spent with media comes from apps or web apps or web. On a smartphone, the most of any measure generation. That's not a surprise. The millennials would be on their phones the most. So, how does race and ethnicity influence media behavior? All right. While the race ethnic landscape of the U.S. rapidly is changing, now really. I mean, it, right? It's still about seventy three percent white, twelve percent black, fourteen percent Hispanic. I mean, it hasn't changed that much. Multicultural consumers are driven are driving the changes in the media landscape as well, with younger generations being more diverse than those of their parents and grandparents. Hispanic adults over-index on TV-connected devices compared to total adults, spending almost 45 minutes on game consoles and Internet-connected devices. Asian Americans are helping to lead the charge on digital platforms, as well as they spend well over four hours daily using the Internet on a computer and apps web on smartphones and tablets. In terms of overall usage, this, this is to me mind boggling. Black adults, 18 and older, on average consume nearly 13 and a half hours of media per day, almost two and a half hours more than any other ethnic group or the average U.S. adult. Black adults are the heaviest users of media across all types of platforms, especially live TV. When looking at app slash web on a smartphone usage, they spend two hours and 46 minutes on the devices daily, the most of any group. So 13 and a half hours, 13 and a half hours a day. This is astonishing. Now let's take a quick break. We'll break this down even more. Okay, so we're going to break down the African-American uh, media usage a bit here. Because I think it's astonishing. They're thir- 13 and a half hours looking at some sort of screen. So, I mean, if, if you look, you wake up at 7, right? You're going to be on a screen. And this is not work, guys. This is not work. They're not accounting for work. From 7 a.m. to 8.30 of screen. Amazing. So we're going to look at this article. Nielsen report confirms blacks watch more TV than any other group. See, they use black. See, I remember one time when I used to work at my old school, I used the term black when we were talking about, I think we we're talking about like sickle cell anemia's predisposition in the black community. And that score I used to teach was 98% Hispanic. And they're like, uh, Sir, Mr. Luna, you can't use the word black. I go, Okay, so what am I supposed to use? African American. And then I gave him a little history lesson. <laughs> I was like, okay, first of all, you know, we used to call African Americans, blacks, uh, coloreds, or Negroes, and they didn't like that term, which is understandable. So in the 1970s, they appropriated and used the term black. They came up with the word black as a form of power black power like i am proud of my skin color being black so for you youngins for you millennials and younger this is when the afro became very popular and they grew out their afros and the black Panthers were really big if you watch black man, maybe you'll get an idea with the spike lee movie that came out last year and so they came up with the term as, as empowerment they didn't come up with the term african-american they came up with the term black so i tell him i was like i used the term black because that's the term that they use African American, all the hyphenated stuff is just freaking nonsense. First of all, they're not from Africa; they're born here, okay. And also, a lot of them are from the Caribbean. They're from Jamaica, the Dominican Republic, or Cuba, or you know, wherever else, the the Virgin Islands. So I mean, it's, it's just this, this, this striving, this, this exhaustion for political correctness, where you have to hyphenate, like my own people, Mexican American, Cuban American, you know, Bolivian American, Colombian America. Well, let's just call them Latino. Latino is good. Oh no, that, that's just that's discriminatory. You can't call it Hispanic. No, that, that that comes from Spain. I go, yeah, that is the term for Spain. Hispania was the old ancient Roman term for present day Spain. But it's not racist to use the term Hispanic. Oh, but you're you're not accounting for the subtle differences between Mexicans and Cubans. I understand that the Mexicans and Cubans have, are, are different. Okay, they don't get along. The Cubans look down on the Mexicans, for example. The, the Cubans make more money and other things like that. But in general, I understand that. But we have to have some sort of term, you know. But oh no, that's racist. Oh, this is racist. Chicanos racist. Oh, oh, just God, just shut the hell up. According to a new report published by Nielsen, African-American viewers carry a lot of weight when it comes to audience and purchasing power. The market research firm's latest African-American consumer study titled Resilient, Receptive, and Relevant. Okay, that's the title by Nielsen. Resilient. Receptive and relevant details the need for corporations and marketers to connect with the black audience, which now has a buying power of $1 trillion and watches significantly more television than any other group. We've already established that. Okay, so they watch an hour and a half more of straight TV than any other ethnic group. But then when you account for social media and just screens in general on their phone, they're 13, hour, 13 and a half hours, which is two and a half hours more than any other group. The report found African Americans favor programming with diverse casts, as that African American women watch more television than men. Top television shows perhaps unexpectedly include reality TV programs and Scandal. More surprising, however, may be the lack of attention paid to the findings which have been published in the last three years. Okay, this is, quote, quote, It's not only that the African American audience watches more television, but it's substantially more, two hours over other groups. Close quote. Ron Simon, head curator at the Paley Center for Media, tells this author, quote, it's known in the industry, but certainly hasn't gotten the attention I think it deserves. In terms of the industry, they mean like advertisers and making money off of it. According to the report, African-Americans watch 37% more television than any other demographic, 37, and their consumption proclivities are equally influential. In fact, researchers predict their buying power will rise to 1.3 trillion by the year 2017. This was done in 2014. Ongoing population growth and increases in educational attainment influences these figures. Conversely, while advertisers spend $75 billion on television, magazine, internet, and radio ads, only $2.24 billion of that goes toward black audience is only 2.4 billion 75 freaking billion dollars are put into advertising to manipulate us go to that 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 episode i did on food porn how food advertising is used to manipulate us into buying things that we don't really want but 75 billion that is just a crazy amount and, of course, that's going to include big pharma, big medicine, and just everything to manipulate us. Because that's the job of advertising, ladies and gentlemen, is to manipulate us into getting a product that we didn't think we needed or even thought about at that time. And they put that idea in our head. I'm not hungry. Oh, yeah, but that Taco Bell burrito looks good. Or I'm pretty happy with myself. Oh, until that fashion advertisement made me feel fat, right? I mean, this is this is their job. All right, let's continue. This stat is amazing. While the African-American household earns less than the market average, right as as a whole, they don't make as much money uh, per capita in the United States, their average income, their annual retail spending accounts for 87% of total market retail spending, demonstrating the vitality and resiliency, which is the name of the the Nielsen article. this, This has to be a typo. Their annual retail spending accounts for 87% of total marketing retail spending. Blacks purchase ethnic hair and beauty products nine times more than any other groups, and overall, they shop more. Knowing this and that a majority of African Americans are receptive to products advertised using black media, the fact that a smidgen of advertising dollars is allocated on this demographic seems like a gross oversight, right? Going back to only 2 billion of the 75 billion. Especially when the advertising campaigns work. Quote When you look by industry and what the top spending categories were with media focused on black audiences, you see a quick service restaurants, which is fast food restaurants. Says Parson McNeil, the author of this article, of the study. If you look, quote, if you look at the fast food restaurants and quick service restaurants that we broke out in the report, you'll see that those top restaurants out of the four that advertise with African-American media, those are the likely to be the four restaurants that blacks have eaten in within the last three months, close quote. And then this study continues saying that as a whole African Americans prefer BET, not surprising, VH1, TV1, Bounce TV and Centric, all of which are reality have a heavy. So apparently African Americans love reality television quite a bit. And the Nielsen study is essentially saying that they should spend more money on, on black targeted advertising because the blacks spend the most money of of their of their money even though they have less money than the other ethnicities in the United States, they they use more of their money to buy stuff. So the article's telling advertisers to target the the African American community. But still that that's astonishing. Okay, let's continue breaking down the African American stats here. So the African Americans, the blacks, have the highest smartphone ownership of any demographic group. And if you look at this stat, I'll put the link from Nielsen. Show that ninety percent of African Americans live in a household that owns a smartphone and have a higher weekly reach for social networking on a smartphone, seventy-five percent, as well as watching video on a smartphone, sixty six percent, and audio streaming on a smartphone, forty-five percent. Ninety percent of African Americans have a smartphone. Nineteen million of Twitter's sixty seven million users are African American, that's twenty eight percent. Now go remember, go back that that the population of the black community in america is 12%. So they're two times more represented on Twitter. African Americans 18 and older are increasingly tuning into podcasts with 70% growth in engagement from 2014 to 2017. African Americans make up a significant portion of US gamers. 73% of African Americans 15 and older identify as gamers compared to 66% of the total population. 61% of African Americans agree that they enjoy learning about technology or electronic products more than other ethnic groups, which register about 54 54%. Okay, and this study goes on, uh, and it breaks down each ethnic group and exactly how much percentage time they spend while watching TV On the television screen while they're also watching something else on their smartphone or they're on typically on social media, right? Everybody does it, right? You're on Pinterest while the TV's on or two TVs are on or somebody's gaming or you're gaming or there could be, I mean, I know guys who have like three TVs in one room. (laughs) And so they're they're playing a game. And then they also have a, a TV show on while they're playing a game, while they're on their smartphone, while they're playing a game looking at some social media i mean it's amazing so they break it down like like how how many hours it is because we get to the 11 hours of, of the general population looking at some screen in 13 and a half hours for african-americans and they they break it down so i'll include the link but overall it's pretty astonishing so let's finish up <laughs> Okay, so great compendium episodes to listen to over on Holistic Health News would be episode 72, which was released in November of 2017. That was Screen Addiction, the Untold Epidemic. And then episode 84, which was the Gaming Addiction, that was done uh, three days after my birthday in uh, January. Gaming Addiction, and we talked about that, how that's classified now as a mental illness according to the Diagnostical Statistical Manual on Mental Health, the DSM. So look. You know what I'm going to say, right? If any of you have listened to my podcast even twice, you know what I'm going to say. And you're like, well, Gregory, how do we connect gaming to wellness? Well, clearly, it's not hard to connect this to overall. Oh, look, Santi the bird just got angry. Oh, he just made some sort. Look, we know we should not be looking at freaking screens half of our awake day. But we know this is what people do, right? You wake up. You wake up. This is the typical person. I'm not casting aspersions on you. You wake up. You look at your phone, right? You probably had it. You didn't even have it on airplane mode. So you were just coursing EMF radiation through your entire house. You didn't unplug your router because you're not listening to me. So you're just getting EMF radiation. But as soon as you wake up or even in the middle of the night, you wake up, you probably check your phone because you got FOMO. But you check your phone when you wake up. Okay, then you you check your social media. Oh, I might have missed something on Twitter or Facebook. You know, Snapchat. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. FOMO. FOMO. And then you're getting ready. You probably have the TV on when you're getting ready, or you, you, know, you put on some music or you put on some show on your, your phone while you're getting ready. Then you jump in the car, and if you're not driving, you're probably watching something in the back seat, or you're one of those parents who got the screens hooked into your minivan so all your kids can be just drooling while they're watching TV in the back. Because heaven forbid we have some screen free time for our kids in the car. Like my car, thank God, you know it's an old 2011 Forerunner. Um, when my kids are in there, they're like, "What do we do?" I'm like, "Why don't you do what I did when I was a kid? When you're you're on on road trips, just look out the window. Look, use your imagination. Look at the 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 license plates. Look at the trees. Look at the birds. Daydream. I don't give a you know I don't give a damn. Just don't look at a freaking screen, which I don't let them do. But most of the time, unless you're driving, but even when you are driving, right, you're probably you're probably you're probably texting. You're probably watching something. You know, Most benignly, you're hopefully listening to a podcast or listening to the radio or satellite radio or something like that. Hopefully, you're not watching TV while you're driving. But everybody else is looking at the screen because we're all dumb enough to give our kids smartphones when they were 10, 11, 12 years old. Then you get to work or you get to school. and As I tell you, the the most schools are extremely lax on screens. Now, granted, there are private schools or elite charter schools where it's still banned or they can't even bring their, their smartphones to school. And God bless you administrators for having the balls to do that because public school administrators don't have that. No offense, not my school, of course. My school is radically different. They have a very, very tight-lipped policy on cell phones. So at work, you are maybe working, if you are working, but let's say you are working, and then you know you're always go to Facebook, Twitter, unless it's blocked at your your school or, or at your work, you have your, your phone right so you're always like maybe sneaking a peek at your phone all the time all day it's like office space right you're just playing solitaire on your computer and then but but let, let's take away work time even though you can't when you look at 12 hours of screen time a day so i mean to, to account for that you are looking at your screens at work okay you are okay and this is not work related you're looking at recreational leisure screen time but as soon as you get off of work, like, the, the, like with the Flintstones, right? They press the little uh, woo-woo, the whistle, and he slides off the back of the brontosaurus and jumps into his car and pedals away. As soon as you get home, or you're in the car, you're watching screens again. But as soon as you get home, let's be honest. I mean, as soon as we get home, Americans and people in the Commonwealth who, watch, who listen to this, because I know a lot of commonwealthians listen to this, what do we do? What do we do? We flip on the screen. What do we do? The typical American, as soon as we get home. But let's backtrack. You might you might go to the gym, right? You might go to the gym after work. And now, of course, every freaking cardio device has a screen now, right? And then you oh, you might be squatting, you might be doing weights. Well, there's screens everywhere, right? But you're on the cardio, and this is why I never turn on the screens when I'm doing cardio because. It's human nature. When you're watching something, you're going to go slower on your, your cardio workout because you're watching it. No, forget that. I flip that stuff off and I, you know, you can go faster. You can get a better workout. But let's say you get home. So that's a problem. Thank God the steam rooms don't have a screen we can look at or even the locker rooms. I mean, it's, it's like they think that we're, we're they treat us like we're freaking six-year-olds like we need our pacifier of tv at all times so in the locker room when you're putting on your underwear i gotta have a screen to see what's on the espn but the steam room and the sauna just wait you know if they could devise a tv that can withstand the heat of a sauna they'd probably put one in there then we get home right oh we're cooking dinner if you're cooking dinner Oh, we gotta watch, you know, the 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 530 news that the only 80, 80 year olds watch now. Nobody watches that. We gotta watch that. We gotta watch the local news because if it bleeds, it leads, right? Rape, murder, fire, and no, all that. Local news is nonsense. Right? And then we're eating and we're watching TV. Most of us are watching TV while we're eating, right? Let's be honest. And then after we eat, oh, let's spend quality time with the kids by watching TV. So then you're watching TV, your kids might be there, they might be watching something on their screens, or they might be in their own room watching something on their computer or playing video games. The whole the whole concept, like in the 1950s with Leave it to Beaver, where everyone got around, you've, you've seen these images, right? Everybody gets around the one television with the big knob, and we all watch a show together. And we watch it as a, as a family. That is gone. I mean, I'm sure there's some LDS families and some Catholic families or some, you know, some super Baptist families that still do that where they have like one TV, one screen, and we all watch it together. Uh, but that's, that's gone. When I was a kid, it was kind of like that because we had one TV pretty much. And it was like, well, there's three channels. And we're going to watch what dad wants to watch or mom wants to watch. So if I'm stuck watching some horrible telenovela, I'm stuck watching a horrible telenovela because that's all we had. And the old Atari was hooked up to the one TV, okay? Okay. So you were bored out of your mind. But you know what? When you're bored, you use your imagination. Thank God. But nowadays, the the family's fragmented. So everybody's in different rooms watching different screens. There's nothing unifying. There's no monolithic television, especially after Game of Thrones is over. There's no, like, one show that really bonds the entire family anymore. And hopefully kids aren't watching Game of Thrones. But my point is, like, the whole family's fractured. You're in different rooms watching different things or playing video games or on Snapchat. The women are on Pinterest or facebook the men are gaming or watching porn and then you just watch that and a lot of people you know stay up late stay up late game until 2 a.m on facebook till 2 a.m and you wonder why the depression and anxiety rates are skyrocketing the eating disorder rates because everybody's on social media go back to that episode i did on instagram being voted the worst social media app and how it's linked to all the uh, the depression and, and and anxiety, and now we're all doped up on antidepressants because we don't have the self discipline to get off the freaking screens, to get off social feed, social media, right? Feel FOMO, 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 FOMO. Oh right. my god. And then kids lament how they're being bullied, right, all the time, cyberbullying, cyberbullying. They don't really do it at school anymore. It's all cyberbullying. And I tell them, well, get off the freaking screens. If you get off of Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, or all the, the different outlets, they can bully you. <gasps> Lo and behold, you're not going to be bullied. But no, the addiction is so severe, not just in the youth. I mean, I take night walks. I take night walks. Oh, so let me finish the story. Okay. This this dystopian nightmare that we Americans live in. So we're just looking at screens all night, and then we fall asleep, right? You fall asleep. Maybe you fall asleep to Fallon. Most of you are falling asleep to whatever you're streaming. You're, you're not dimming the light. You're not wearing blue light blocking glasses. Then you complain how you have insomnia, right? But you can't make the connection of getting off the freaking screens. And so you might lull off to sleep at I don't know 11, 12, 1, 2 a.m. And that is your day. Rinse, lather, repeat. Screen when you wake up, screen all freaking day, screen in the car, screen in the locker room, screen when you're working out, screen with your family, different rooms. This is the American world we live in now, and it's horrific. You might not agree with me, but you're wrong if you don't agree with me. Be honest with yourself. Introspect. So I take night walks. And I'll listen to a podcast, whatever. And I like looking at the stars in the sky, you know. And I go through, and I and I walk by every house, and every house has got the the, the the light of the TV. So look, it's 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 not like it's just the kids. The old people are all watching the TV, right? The young people, the millennials, and young people are, are streaming or gaming or on social media. The women are all on social media. It's just a freaking nightmare. Okay, and no one can tell me the fact that we are on screens from 11 to 13 and a half hours a day. It's good for us. It makes us more sedentary, right? We're not exercising. It makes us dumber. Where's the time for hobbies? Remember we used to have hobbies, that thing called hobbies? Oh, I, could, you know, I can do my hobby while the TV's on. Well, then turn off your freaking TV nobody reads anymore why don't we read because the television is so addictive the flicker rate is so addictive they made it addictive they made the apps addictive sean parker admitted that the, the president of facebook the early play by justin timberlake go back to that episode i did on steve jobs now allowing his own kids to use eye products ipads and so forth sean parker admitted yeah 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 when we when we created facebook we adding the like and the the emojis was the big thing that made facebook addictive. But he he admitted it's like we created a monster. It's we we hired scientists to make them addictive. We hired, you know, casino makers to make social media apps addictive. That was the goal because there's more money to get from advertising, of course all the money that's that's made from data mining. So they make these things addictive. So look, what does it make us? It makes us fatter, more unhealthy, less hobbies, dumber because we're not reading anymore so of course this is connected to wellness higher higher depression higher anxiety higher insomnia come on it, it's like Fahrenheit 451 if you ever read that dystopian novel by Ray Bradbury that came out what 60 years ago all everyone's addicted to the screens 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 brave new world screens 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 1984 screen, screen, screens 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 Nothing I can tell you is going to change your habits. 13 hours looking at screens. And you wonder when civilization crumbles and we get invaded. Remember, just like the Roman Empire, just like every empire. Every empire we rot internally first before the outside force invades. We are rotting on a myriad of levels in the West. Myriad. And one of them is the screens so we reap what we sow. Okay. We are educated and literate enough to know that we are being assaulted by advertising and TV and screens and gaming and all this, but we rationalize, we can rationalize every behavior that we do. We rationalize, Oh, I had a tough day. Oh, I had a tough day. Oh, I need to unwind. Okay. Well, unwind by working out, unwind by taking a walk, unwind by scrapbooking. I don't care. Do a freaking hobby, read a book. Oh, I don't I need to unwind. You need to unwind from 13 hours. That's the leisure. It's like we've too much leisure, and not enough work. And of course, some of that's gonna account for, for not working, unemployment. How can you be 11 hours on screens or 13 and a half with the African American community if you're not working? So a lot of this is just people not working on unemployment. Unemployment in America is 52 weeks. 52 freaking weeks you can get unemployment benefits. Of course, human nature disincentivizes work. You're just not going to look for a job for 49 of those weeks. And we pay for that. So people stay home. They just watch TV all day. Who's paying for that? The productive people in America, the taxpayers. We're paying for people to sit on their arse all day watching TV. And then they lament later on, oh, I got cancer. Oh, I got cirrhosis. Oh, I got diabetes. Why do you think you got that? Because you're watching TV all freaking day not using discernment not noticing that food porn advertisers trying to go get you to buy mcdonald's which of course exacerbates your health you don't see the connection so look america we reap what we sow we deserve to get invaded eventually we deserve to die of diseases we deserve to have depression and anxiety we deserve all this we deserve it because we don't do anything about it. We don't do anything about it because we are lazy, sheeple, easy to be manipulated. And look, if any of you are parents who actually go against this, you're the aberration and you, you restrict your kids' screen time or you don't have television or you're one of those families who only has a DVD player and you show, watch movies together some religious programming, you know, God bless you. God bless th- those of you who watch like less than even two hours of screens a day. God bless you. But you are in the minority and the majority is getting worse and the majority is watching more and more time. So we are screwed. Unless there's a radical paradigm shift, we are screwed. Society is screwed. Miles is well just, just it's, it's over. To quote Bill Paxson from Aliens, it's game over, man. It's just game over, man. It's over. It is over. I mean, it, it is over. All right, And I'm, somebody, I'm sure some of you, Gregory, man, you're being too hard on us. No, I'm not being too hard on us. We are screwed. 13 hours. Our founding fathers, even a generation, two, three generations ago, be rolling in their grave. They are just sitting around eating junk food, looking at screens for 13 hours. None of it benefits us. We have squandered America. We, have, we were given this new Jerusalem on a hill by the founding fathers, and we have just wasted it away wasted being dumbed down not knowing our rights our privacy being invaded all of our technology spying on us smart technology 5g internet of things i mean don't even get me on off topic more off topic but we squandered this beautiful country and we've wasted it away so we're gonna reap what we sow when our destruction comes and if you don't like what i say tough don't listen to my podcast see you later Hit the subscribe button if you like. Post a review for the, the podcast. Till next
0: time, bye bye. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com naturopathic earth. Buy the Confessions of an Obese Child ebook on Amazon or Barnes and Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honors review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE, let food be thy medicine, let nature be thy healer. Until next time, music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.